0: I'm your host Braden, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host Alan. Today on the Soren Sports Podcast, we have a little special something going on for all of our favorite listeners out there. We are joined by the host of the Noble Sports Guys Podcast, my and good friend of mine, Braden Toro. And today we're actually going to be discussing something that is a bit different than what we have discussed prior when we've talked about countries developing sports in their. In their uh, within their borders, and we're going to be discussing today how we can develop a sports sports market in in any city around the world. And my uh, friend here is from Vegas, and so he has experience with the Vegas Golden Knights expanding into uh, Las Vegas. And so we're going to talk about that and see uh, how we can get forward from there. So uh, let's start off and see how everybody's doing. Alan, how you doing? I
1: just woke up. That's all I can say. It's. Sunday nap, like always, one of my favorites. And and really, I had a dream that I was in Vegas walking away from the Bellagio with 25 grand. I don't know if that's possible, but in my dream it was, and I don't go gamble at the Bellagio anymore. So that was my dream. I was like, Am I a rich man or something? So I could say Absolutely. So, but I'm good, ready to go, and we should head Vegas again sometime.
0: We <laughs> probably should. And Tora, how you doing? Today? You know,
2: living the dream. The daughter's finally down for a nap, which is a plus. But yeah, I was actually just at the Bellagio last weekend. So. Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <I> <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's possible to win that much money, but highly unlikely. The mafia wouldn't like that.
1: (laughs) Probably, you're right.
0: (laughs) They They might have something to say about that. (laughs) Yep. You might not make it out of there alive if you did
2: that. (laughs) There's a little bit of truth to that.
0: (laughs) Sadly, right? (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's good to hear everyone's doing pretty good. Let's go ahead and get started then. Uh, so let's start off. Let's see. Vegas Golden Knights joined the NHL in what was it? 2017 was their first game? Uh,
2: This is year number four. So, yeah, 2017. Well,
0: so, kind uh, of. <laughs> let's, yeah. I mean, they were kind of like the Seattle Kraken, right, where they uh, were announced and basically were kind of a thing. In 2016 but that didn't have any players till like the next season yeah
2: same same concept i'm excited for seattle too that'll be cool cool.
0: yeah we'll probably talk a little bit about seattle and kind of talk about other areas of the world that can use some sports teams uh so yeah let's let's go back to that 2017 season though because i think this is a model that A lot of sports teams, if they're looking to, or sports leagues, I should say, if they're looking to expand, whether it be domestically or internationally, they should probably follow. So, uh, Brayden, let's walk us through the uh, 2017 Vegas night season, their draft, and how everything's happened. All right.
2: So it's actually a pretty cool process of how it happened. Every NHL team was given the opportunity, I think, to protect two players in the draft, the expansion draft. And basically the golden Knights could pick anyone other than those two players. And we saw a lot of trades happen because people didn't want to lose star players. And basically the odds given to Vegas after their draft was they were the worst team in the NHL and they didn't stand a chance. Someone actually put a bet on them that they would make the Stanley cup finals. And if they would have won it that first year, I think you would have won like $10 million or something ridiculous like that. Um, but they were nicknamed the misfits because it was all the people that were basically not loved anymore. They were trying to get rid of, there was some big names like flurry, Revis, uh, Engel. But other than that, it was a bunch of misfits. So it was kind of cool to see. Um, something else that we had going for us as well. Unfortunately the Vegas shooting happened like three or four days before our season opener. And historically speaking, teams that have a tragedy in any sport before they start have done historically better just because they have more to play for than just the sport. So it was kind of the walkthrough and their very home opener was very emotional. Uh, If you guys haven't seen that, watch the highlights. It was actually really special. Uh, It was something not to forget. And though they didn't win the Stanley Cup Finals, they proved everyone wrong. They went all the way and lost to the Capitals. And they did a lot more for the city than just play a game of hockey. They lifted our spirits up after that shooting. It was tragic for everyone involved. And it was kind of cool to see. So it's Vegas' yeah, okay. first season in a nutshell.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually did see the that highlight. It was just like, wow, Like I never thought that could happen. And yeah, I, I don't know what else to say. Uh, would you also say for that, for the Golden Knights, when they exceeded everybody's expectations, would you also say that uh, free agency did play some role in, in, in them getting the players that they needed and not be like like in year one or two and s- start competing instead of, oh, we're, we're trying to win a game or something?
2: Yeah, I would, I would say free agency played a big part in it. And I think something else that Vegas has to benefit from it is we don't have a income tax. So that may, Nevada doesn't, the state of Nevada, which makes players more willing to come in because they don't have to pay as many taxes if they were playing for the San Jose Sharks or other teams on the East Coast. So that kind of benefited them. And who doesn't want to live in Vegas? It's mm. the city that never sleeps. So. They had a couple of advantages and a lot of people don't know this, but they thought that the golden Knights were just our first experience with hockey, which it wasn't true. We have had two minor league teams in the nineties. We had the Las Vegas thunder who didn't do very well, but they kind of brought the excitement of hockey to Vegas. Ironically, us being a desert who would have thought hockey Mm -hmm. would thrive. And then, in the early 2000s, we had the Wranglers, and those games were always packed no matter what. So when people say Vegas is just a bunch of bandwagon fans, I, I can kind of see it both ways because there are a lot of people that don't know anything about hockey. Me, one of those, I've learned uh, since Vegas has come. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of die-hard fans that watched the Thunder and Wranglers play back in the day too. So it just kind of helped Vegas thrive, and I think they're going to still thrive for the years to come.
0: i agree to that. I mean, I'm sure they'll have down years like every team does. You know, no team can escape that. But they've proved, you know, like, if you get people that in a group that just want to play and shove out, they'll do it. And that's what Vegas showed, I think. I don't think the tragedy is necessarily part of the model. For that's sure. true. Let's hope <laughs> not. <case>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That that, but you're right. Like having, you know, we look at, you know, the Boston strong team for baseball back in 2013, how that helped, you know, the Red Sox go on and win. We look at 9/11, what that did for pretty much all the sports teams everywhere. You got the on their first
2: game Saints game. when Hurricane Katrina hit; they won the Super Bowl the following year. So, just shows to show that there is somewhat of a correlation. I feel like.
0: <laughs> yeah. I would say so, but yeah, it's interesting. Cause like we look back at Vegas and I think while I wasn't really following hockey and don't really remember much like Colorado Avalanche back in 95, they moved to Denver, went on and won the cup, very similar almost to uh, what Vegas went through and kind of similar to Vegas. Denver didn't necessarily wasn't being introduced into hockey, but like getting it back and I think the key thing there is I don't know for sure if Vegas or Colorado would have the fan bases they have were it not for those successful first years.
2: I would agree with that. It it definitely helps having a winning team right away.
1: <laughs> yeah, like those days of, um, I would say, uh, okay, uh, let's just build a little by little. Um, well, those are over because like, you mentioned them, you have to start winning immediately. And obviously, um, Braden, we you you Toro, you mentioned it as I asked about free agency. Like it does help having free agency showing, hey, here's a new option. Uh, I know it, it has it's only their first season, but it's an opportunity and players have considered it. And because of that, you I think, in my opinion, we might see teams like hopefully in undersports, look at that and say, Oh, you know what? Let me, I want to go there. I could do something there. I can make my legacy, not just of my own, but for, for the rest of the team.
2: Yeah. And what else else helped Vegas too is Derek England. Uh, He was a forward and we got him for almost absolutely nothing. Uh, He played for the Wranglers back in the day. So he already had a connection to Vegas which really helped draw in more players too, because Mm -hmm. he had those connections for, Mm. because people think it's just sports, but there's so much that goes into just the sports. You got to move, you have families that you have to think of and him already being familiar with Vegas. He had those connections of good daycares, uh, good places to live. And he was able to help players and kind of pull them in. And it was like a brotherhood, like a band of misfits really. And, It just shows that it's possible. You don't have to necessarily be the statistically best team together, but if you play with a chip on your shoulder, anything's possible.
0: Yeah. Like, I don't think if you don't have that drive, whatever that drive is, whether it be a chip on the shoulder, whether it just be, you know, kind of what a lot of Vegas players were feeling that first year of nobody wants us, let's just prove how good we are, you know, like, because there, you heard it all the time after the expansion draft. Teams would trade, like, their picks, anything they could, money, just so that they wouldn't lose players they thought were good. Minnesota is a perfect example of that. I don't remember who Vegas got from Minnesota, but, man, the aftermath is Minnesota is not doing too well anymore. <laughs> yeah, same thing happened to the Ducks. They
2: uh, got rid of Shea Theodore because he wasn't very good with them, and he kind of just took off with Vegas, and I know they're kind of regretting it now, looking at videos from Ducks fans on TikTok, and they they say that's one of their biggest regrets, (laughs) because he's he's come through for us.
0: I mean, yeah, like, as the Ducks can regret that, same with Minnesota, but in the end of the day, maybe what they needed was a change of scenery, you know? And they got the perfect opportunity when Vegas said, "Hey, we want you, come play for us." Yeah. So I'm curious what you think, Toro. How can we use this model of Vegas and apply it to well, let's start off with the next example here of Seattle. How do you think Seattle can be successful in building up its following?
2: Well, Seattle's already a sports city, so that's one thing that they've got going for them. They have the Mariners, they have the SuperSonics, and they have the Seahawks with the Seahawks being a pretty decent team. Uh, So it's not going to be hard drawing in the fans. I think the hardest thing that they're going to have facing is now that Vegas had all that success, teams are going to probably be more protective of players. So they have to find those kind of hidden gems, as, as to speak, the ones that statistically they haven't been good, but Mm -hmm. maybe with a change of scenery, like you were saying, will thrive because I think Seattle is a perfect city to have hockey because I'm a Seahawks fan. That atmosphere is wild as well. I've never been to a Mariners game and I've only watched Seahawks games on TV, but it's, it's a wild atmosphere. So I think that'll pull p- uh, players in as well. Players
0: wanting to go play. Yeah, I think so too. Cause like <clears throat> Seattle their team and for baseball, they're not doing super well. Never have really, not since Citrus kind of left the team. but or They've had great players, but kind of like, I guess, Colorado, they just can't seem to make that final leap, you know? And so I think what they need is a team that's going to come in and be successful in some way. Now, I'm not saying the way to be successful for this new team in Seattle is to run and win the Cup or even get into the Cup Finals, but you have to win a lot of games and show that we're at least here to stay.
2: I think they can benefit depending on how long COVID lasts. I think it could benefit them going into uh, the next season because we only, we see that only the West is playing West teams and so on and so forth with each of the conferences. So it's less competition. So they may be able to thrive, but it might have that asterisk next to it if they were to make the playoffs or win the cup that it was during COVID. So. It could be a double-edged sword for them, but I think they can thrive. There's definitely a roadmap
1: for it now that Vegas has done it. Okay. Uh, Would you say the same thing, say, if, um, because there has been rumors in the NBA, and I've been watching the NBA for a long time, play basketball, everything. Um, Would it be the same thing if the NBA wants to bring the Sonics back? Or should I say the city of Seattle wants to bring the Sonics back because they've had success, in, in the past, will will, will that matriculate if, if Seattle decides to, to bring it back?
2: I think so. They need to bring back the Supersonics. That it, It's still tragic, and you see big-time players on the Seahawks already putting in money to a new stadium. So they need to, and I guess kind of the same thing. They need to start doing well, or they might be shipped off again. That's kind of what happened with – the Supersonics, to begin with, their their market started to die down. And OKC said, hey, we have a whole bunch of money. We've got a stadium. Come play for us. And they lost a the team. Yeah. So success, I think, helps keep teams. Because teams will have down years. Luckily, the Golden Knights haven't had a down year yet. Knock on wood. Um, but it'll happen eventually. Uh, but with the success, I think that's really helped their fan base and helped keep them relevant. And that's with any sport. You have to win to be relevant. If you're losing, unless you're like the Cowboys, who are a household name, no one really cares about you if you're losing. So, yeah, it's
0: important to win and win big. Yeah. And I think Seattle's a prime example because, like, that's what happened with the Mariners, right? The Seattle Pilots, they moved, I want to say they they moved to milwaukee alan you might have to double check me on that but they had the pilots they moved and then seattle was like hey we're a baseball town let us prove it and then the mariners came back and i think you know they're if bass nba decides to bring back super, the supersonics it'll be the same thing and i think
1: they're willing to they see, moved, they're going to they be like hey we're April a hockey 1st, town 1970. yeah where to milwaukee and they became the brewers Cool. Oh,
0: okay. So, yeah, I think Seattle's ready to prove themselves as one of the best sports towns in, in the States. You know, they're they're ready to prove that the Kraken, which, by the way, the Kraken has one of the best logos I've ever yeah, it's seen. Pretty cool. it's, it's pretty cool. It's <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. Y'all remember those S's we would all draw in, like, primary and secondary school? That's pretty much what that logo is. <laughs> yeah
2: it'll it'll be interesting to see when when are they supposed to start playing is it next season or is it kind of
0: yeah so the draft sorry yeah so the expansion draft is this year right after the season ends and then they'll start playing 2021 2022
2: i know vegas is exempt from the draft which is nice we won't lose any players because we're still considered new (laughs) (laughs) lucky (laughs)
0: Yeah, Colorado talk right now is what are we going to do with uh, Devon Taves or are we going to try and convince Eric Johnson to waive his no-trade deal or buy him out or whatever. So it's going to be interesting. (laughs) Because, yeah, so with the expansion draft, you can protect, like, four or three, like, forwards, two or three defensemen, or, like, nine skaters, I think. Yeah, I can't remember the numbers,
2: but it's interesting who you could protect. That sounds right. Yeah.
0: So, and I think that's going to be interesting because, like, let's say you know, MLB—they they've been wanting for a long time to, or discussing for a long time, expansion. Uh, same with the NFL, Braden. I know that's kind of what you're talking about. So, what are your thoughts with uh, NFL expansion over to London or Europe? How do you think that would be successful? Well,
2: I've already attempted this before, and it kind of fizzled out because football is not as as big as. People would like it to be. It's only big in the States, really. You have your occasional fans. I think what they should be doing is still keeping those one or two games a season overseas because they play one or two in Mexico, and I think they play two in London. But until there's more of a following, it's I think it would be a disaster. If anything, they should think about expanding to maybe Mexico because it's not that far in Canada. But London or Europe, they had a European league in it. Only lasted, I want to say. Yeah, I remember
1: that. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't
2: very, very popular, unfortunately, but maybe one day, but until it's been around for a long time, because it's still fairly young for a sport, because you've got soccer, football, as most countries, that's been around forever, it feels like. And of course, that has a huge following. Even baseball, basketball is slowly starting to pull that as well. You see, the U.S. losing in the World Cup for basketball, which hasn't happened in a long time. But other teams, other countries are getting better. So I think it would be fun eventually expanding to other countries for football. But in the near future, I don't think it's feasible.
0: Yeah, I agree. I don't think internationally American football is just that popular. It's – I mean, we love it here but it's just – it's not it's the same. I think if they were to bring in some of the CFL teams in the NFL, that could be a big thing. Or even, like, expanding to Mexico, that would be interesting too. I don't know how successful that uh, Well,
1: if you do it up in northern Mexico, it will be successful just because, like, I just – I go to Mexico. I live by – I grew up in the border. And let me tell you, like, I've, every time that I've gone to, like, or Super Bowl Sunday or regular season – a lot of people that I know bet for bet in, in some regular season, a lot during the playoffs, and obviously when they have their Mexico City uh, tour for Monday Night Football, it just it just explodes, especially in Mexico City. Like mostly, if if you bring teams like the Cowboys, Steelers, or Raiders, they'll go wild. Just because that's been the fan base that. They just have been attached to, and I think really, and then I've I've even been to several football leagues and in, Me- in Mexico. Yes, there are football leagues in Mexico, like youth leagues, and they can play. They they can seriously play. I think doing it like in Monterey, Mexico, which which is about a two hour drive from um, from Brownsville, Texas, or I think it's, it's I think it's even a four hour drive to Houston, Texas. I think that would. That would work, but the marketing has to be right. And and also Brandon mentioned that you have to have a player who is familiar with the region that can tell you, okay, the best schools, the best where to buy houses. Like it it comes down to that someone who's familiar with the market or grew up or actually grew up in it and and can tell the players, hey, I've been here before, love it. I think that that would work. And and I think I would say like like that mindset needs to work everywhere. Having a player who's familiar with the region and can give you the inside access to all of it.
2: Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. I think the last Mexico City game they had, they had a local artist from the city draw logos, like redesign logos for each of the teams. And I thought that was really cool. I think it would benefit because it's close enough And there's slowly more Hispanic players in the league that are killing it. It's been historically a more white and black kind of culture sport, but you see those occasional like Tony Gonzalez and other guys like that, that literally changed the outcome of the game, how it was played. And I think it'd be good. I, my dad's from Chile originally, and he didn't really know much about football, but me being me, I taught him about it, and now he'll even sit down and watch the game. He still doesn't really understand it as all that much, but the fact that he wants to learn is really cool, and I think there are a lot of people like that. It, it can be really fun to watch. It's just you have to learn. You have to be willing to learn, I guess, and have people that are familiar with it, find people that are diehard fans or diehard athletes for the sport that are in the area, like you
0: said yeah and i think it's going to be interesting because it staying on similar continents you know if we let's say mlb expands into venezuela you know it's similar time zones to much of what the mlb is already dealing with and facing but like if they want if people want to expand into europe or australia china that presents a whole different challenge so how do you think it'd be what would be best and in, in your mind of presenting with those challenges. Cause I know NFL players say, Hey, that London game, a lot of them because of the jet lag and when they can get there.
2: Yeah. And the game's played super early. It's like eight o'clock in the morning here on Sundays. So that is a big challenge that they have to think of. I almost want to say that they should create a league of their own and kind of, I, I've come across the idea that the worst NFL team Because there's other leagues that have pretty decent teams. The worst NFL team should play the best team from, let's say, the CBL or the Canadian Football League or whatever other leagues there are. And the winner gets to come into the NFL. The loser, I think, should be bumped out. Kind of
1: like how it's done in soccer.
2: Yeah. Kind of divided up because – It's kind of boring to see a team constantly lose. I think of the Browns, they were historically horrible, or the Detroit Lions. And I think that would bring more of a popularity feel because a lot of people are familiar with soccer, and that's how it is in soccer. You win, you stay in the top leagues, you lose, you get bumped down. It's nothing personal. It's just how it works, and it it brings that energy that is absolutely needed.
0: I think it also helps with development of players, too. And I think that's a a facet of something we might have overlooked because, like, you have to have players develop. I mean, we look at, you know, Venezuela, just because that's the only country in my head right now for whatever reason. Like, tons of major league players, they come from Venezuela. They come from Puerto Rico, even. You know, So like – and they have – team fit is so important. They can't, you can't have a player in any league go to a team and call them a bust after five years or so because, I mean, you could, but it's just not fair to them because what if that scheme fit wasn't right for them, you know? I, I always look for, give them a couple more chances at different sceneries and see if that helps them at all. And if it doesn't, then I'd say they're a bust, you know? Because <clears throat> player development is so important because at the highest levels, it's so different than what they've been used to all their life. And the competition is just so much harder that it might take them a while to get used to it. And I think that's what expansion does. It is A lot of people are worried it takes away talent pools, but I think it expands it because then like that's more scheme fits for players. That's more chances for players to actually become great players. And I think that's what every league needs. I think minor league teams
2: also help with that, having them either close, like the Golden Knights, they... They had an affiliation with the AHL that was in Chicago, but they decided to move them here to Vegas as well. They're actually in the city right next door, so in Henderson, the Silver Knights. And I think that'll really help, to keep players and help them develop because sometimes players come and they're not absolutely ready. You see that all the time in the NFL. These guys come out that were studs in college. Uh, I think the best example right now is uh Hoskins, the quarterback for the Washington football team. Yeah. He I think he has potential being great. I've kind of bagged on him a little bit on my podcast. He's got maturity issues, but I think a minor league situation might be able to help him with that. Something that's not college, because you can only go so far in college, but if you can't do well in the NFL, give him a chance to develop those talents in a league that's lower and then they can grow and hopefully get another opportunity to play. So,
0: Yeah, we see that in hockey, actually. I mean, players come from all over Europe, and their first stop is the AHL because the American game on ice is so different than the European game. The ice is larger. The the rules are different. And so you send them to the AHL where they can adapt to the game, and then you bring them up, see if they're ready for it. If not, they go back and develop a bit more. And I think that's what – the NFL needs. I think that's what a lot of players need all yeah, over the like, world. I mean... Go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Oh, Adam. okay. Well, I was saying, like, even the NBA, like, yeah, you have, you have the G League, which, like, there's been players who have who, yeah, they struggled but needed to go to the G League to improve, or now, Europe. Europe has done an excellent job in, in getting players that in the end, like, either the NBA weren't getting sufficient playing time or, or we just not drafted at all. And so Europe is like, Oh, well, we'll get them. And now you see these guys now like, Oh, okay. Like they're contributing now to contenders or to teams that were not good. Oh, they're in the playoffs. So I think really, um, I think having that closure will help these players. Like, you know what? Like, I need to develop there, or maybe I may not develop in skills. Still, still do, still do. But it may be I need to develop my maturity. I need to really figure out who who I am, and and go with it. And and really, when situations like this comes, where in the where the NBA bubble, um, you're only going to get fed this much. Like Patrick Beverly, he played in Greece, and he knew what he was fed in the in Greece. That when it came to the bubble, a lot of the players were complaining of the food. Him, I'm like, oh, I'm used to this. Like, no big deal. I've been I've been worse up in Greece, so it's only gonna help. And and yeah, like that that shows that they can handle the adversity that that's gonna come in in pro sports. And if you can handle that adversity, then then you're you're set. You you will you will be successful, even if no no accolades don't will not show at all.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, and I think that's going to be the key as we look to how sports can develop overseas, I think. Because right now, unless we can develop technology that takes away the jet lag aspect of it for everybody, including these athletes, I don't see much of an appeal for American leagues overseas right now. I mean hockey is a good example hockey is beloved especially in northern europe and russia and even like eastern europe so like there's a chance you can bring those teams over but it's you'd have to have like a kind of like a world tour almost where you just have a a team like vegas go over to europe and just play all those games for like a month and then come back over to minimize a lot of that health aspect that would come over with jet lag and provide the best product I feel like what else helps too is international play you've got
2: FIBA FIFA leagues like that where the best of the best can play in the world and it kind of piques everyone's interest if they were able to get enough interest and actually start like a football league like that have a world championship I think that would help too but that's a long ways off I feel like because it has to be around at least another 100 years, I would think, before it gets that kind of following. But mm-hmm. I think that just really helps is that world. You've got people like Messi who have been playing in Europe but then come home and play in Argentina and kill it. So you just got to kind of have a following like that. You got your pride in your, your city's team and then you have your national team that you have pride in as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think it looked kind of sounding like we're winding down here. So let's kind of go through final thoughts. How can and give our the best answer we can with everything we've talked to today about this question? How can sports develop their, a market overseas or even in, in a homeward home like a domestic setting as well? You kind of have to have a
2: following. I feel like to begin with because it's hard to put a team where there's absolutely no interest in sports where in Vegas, there's been an interest in sports for years and years, just because we're kind of a melting pot of every single team's fans. And you see now that we have NHL, we have WNBA, we have NFL that it's only going to get bigger as time grows on. So you have to have a little bit premature following for it to thrive. Uh, We have to have, connections for players in the local city because not only are you changing their atmosphere but you're also changing their family's atmosphere and I know a lot of players make decisions based on what they're what's best for their family not necessarily what's best for them so I think that's also key for success
1: yeah um I would have to agree to everything you said Brayden um I think even um I would even say like I would look at headquarters who else trains though? Like, great example, like Vegas, um, the men's basketball team. I don't know about the woman, but the men's basketball team, they do train in Vegas pretty much every summer. That's when COVID is not there. But they train there every summer and there and when they have their exhibitions in Vegas, it does get packed. So I I was just wondering, I hopefully that if that's gonna bring the NBA to consider Vegas because I think Vegas would be a great market uh, for the NBA. It probably might steal one of the LA teams, not the Lakers, maybe a little bit of the Clippers, but I don't know how that affect. But it would be a great market. And I know they were hesitant just because of the whole gambling thing, but now with sports gambling being like being part of what the I not, I would not just say American but also the international culture now. It it's starting to open up and and I would just say like look at the environment, look at who else has trained in Vegas and and I I that's I or train anywhere and and there's a phone. So I, everything has to play a role into that.
2: I think any city can be a sports city, though. I know that sounds funny, but even Salt Lake could have a football team or an NHL team. I just feel like it. Ha- you have to have the right connections. You have to have the right feel because the Jazz do decent every year. I feel like if they were to win a championship, maybe they'd pull some consideration because Utah is also another hot spot for a lot of other teams. Uh, it's It's just you have to f- – have feelers out if you don't have feelers out you won't know and I think NBA would be good to consider Vegas I know I've heard rumors about the Suns trying to get out of Phoenix and we take them uh, baseball is going to be a little bit harder because we already have a minor league team here and they just built them a multi-million dollar stadium and I don't think they don't want they don't, would want to lose that team so especially with the stadium as nice it is as it is and you also have to look at what benefits can be offered something that has really pulled teams to Vegas especially the Raiders is Vegas was willing to build them a new stadium. If the city's not willing to build them a new stadium, I know their owners are rich as can be, but that plays a factor in it too. They don't want to spend more money than they absolutely have to. And that's why Oakland lost the Raiders because they didn't want to put a money into the stadium. And the same thing with the Golden Knights, it they used actually an interesting technique they I think they bumped all the hotel rooms on the strip by a dollar and that extra revenue is used to build both the stadiums, uh, the T-Mobile Arena and Allegiant Stadium. So you have to have feelers, and you kind of have to just test the waters. It, it doesn't hurt, and I think NHL did it perfect with Seattle, too. They're going to test the waters, and if they take off like Vegas did, I don't see why not. They, why not adding more teams because you're going to get more of a following, and that's ultimately every sports league's goal is to bring in money, and you can only bring in money if you have a following. So it'll be interesting.
0: Yeah. And I think we have the keys, the foundation. And I think success is the last building block you need to develop the sport. Now, what how we define success is different. You know, like, do we – let's say Seattle doesn't make the playoffs this year, but they show that a lot of good – like, these the – because they draft a lot of younger players, but we see these younger players take big steps. Would that to help developing the fan base? Would that show – because that would show a lot of promise. It probably would, I think. But or would it be more successful if they got these older guys like Vegas did, play, have them play with the chip on their shoulder, and then go on and win the Stanley Cup? So I think there's two different options there for what Seattle's probably thinking of doing. But it's all about, like you said, Braden, how you develop the market, how you get interest built, you know, the get the feelers out, and then you just go from there, I think.
2: Yeah. Random side note, you know, I'm studying marketing in college now. I actually applied to work in the marketing department for the Raiders, so we'll see how that goes. Oh, That's right. the end goal is to work for a Good sports. Luck team. Yeah, so (laughs) yeah it it, marketing plays a huge key in it it's it's kind of crazy how how much marketing does so
0: yeah and we all know the MLB is pretty bad at marketing so (laughs) (laughs) out of all the
2: U.S. sports-based
0: leagues yeah
2: probably the worst (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, you know, like, Toro, is there anything you get want to give a shout out before uh, we let you go here because I know you got to go here shortly? I just
2: appreciate you guys uh, letting me learn because my uh, podcast is still uh, in the woodworks. I'm focusing on football right now, but I would like to expand to other sports. Uh, hopefully, I'm, I'm trying to play my cards right. I've recently come – Friends with uh, NFL player uh, Lofo Tatupu. He played for the Seahawks. Back oh yeah, in I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Lofo Tatupu. Yeah. Wow. He's my favorite
2: player. He he's my favorite player. He's one of the reasons why I played football. Uh, I actually got his jersey for Christmas, and he's going to autograph it for me. So I'm going to kind of see if he'll uh, be willing to come and do a episode with me online. But I appreciate you guys taking the time, letting me join your uh, uh, podcast, and Picking my brain about Vegas success because if there's one thing I know is Vegas because I born and raised here. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem. We'd like welcome. to have you again sometime and 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 really, if there's anything Vegas going on because I because we did a hockey preview, I actually picked them to win it. I
2: appreciate it. Yeah,
1: I picked it they... to win it. So so hopefully they can solidify that if they win it, then I think Seattle will have some hope and, oh, Vegas can do it, why not us? So so I have them picking up that way. That way I can give you a head start on that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) They've got to get rid of all their COVID concerns. They have the next – they've canceled the last two games and they've canceled the next two games. So we'll see. But I did find out – you sent me that article – they had minor league coaches. They had the silver Knights coaches come coach them and that game that they lost the blues. So they weren't completely coachless, but still not their head coach.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> if you guys are ever in Vegas, let me know. Uh, I'll be happy to host you. And hopefully we can go to a golden Knights game. That is something that needs to be on your bucket list.
1: If oh, you have been it, to a it live is. game,
2: it, you get a show in itself. The pregame show is amazing. It's, a lot of fun. It's a great atmosphere, and tickets right now are super expensive. That's something I'm kind of hoping for when they start sucking is uh, ticket prices go down. But what's wishful thinking? They usually do.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Experienced Rockies fan. They usually
2: do. <laughs> yeah. Tickets are like a hundred plus dollars before COVID, and right now I think in Arizona tickets for like one fifty if you want to go watch them play. So.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they lower prices after they start letting fans back in just because they'll want to make up a lot of that money they've so-called lost. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, we'll end it here today, guys. We'll thank Braden for coming on and giving us a little key into how sports can expand and be successful in it, especially with his experience over in Vegas. We'll have him on again sometime. And uh if the people want to go ahead and give you a follow, where can they do that, Toro?
2: Uh it's no bulls uh no bulls sports guy uh pod dot cast. I'm trying to get it on Spotify and it'll, it'll be the same name on Spotify when I get it there. So it's still a work in progress. I'm only done three episodes, so hopefully I get the success that you guys have.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, you'll get there. Well we're we're there.
0: still starting out too, yeah. so takes time (laughs) all right well you go enjoy your day toro and we'll talk to you later all right thank you bye Bye bye-bye so yeah everybody that was a good friend of mine Braden toro from vegas giving us a little key into uh how sports expand and uh and and how they expanded into vegas and what other leagues can do. I know we talked a lot about the NFL and that's something we usually don't talk about, but there is a lot of talk NFL wise about them expanding over internationally. Yeah. And so with him having the knowledge she has about the NFL, I thought it'd be a good thing to talk about. And it, I think it, it led to a good discussion Alan, what do yeah, you think? Yeah, I
1: think it did. Uh, normally we we'll don't talk NFL, but I think that's the good, good thing, you know, because um, you always have companies, whether it be sports sports or whether it be like businesses that they want to they, they want to look internationally like it's it's always the, the forte like they, they, they want to be like McDonald's Nike like those big 500 companies where they want to look international and I think that is a good thing but as uh, Tora mentioned you have to look at everything. If you want to succeed, like, and also, it also helps that if people are, like, not just familiar with it, but have tried their products, and or have rooted for that team, like, oh, I've, I, I, know they're very good, like, or, or have a connection with a player, like Ed, Ed plays a huge role. If you're want to expand into, into more, in, international horizons.
0: I agree, and I think it, that we, we nailed it all on the head when we were talking with Toro. Um, so I don't know what more we got to say about being successful in expansion, but there is a lot of interest for a lot of sports to develop internationally. So it we uh, we'll, if we get news about everything happening, we'll, th- we'll talk more about it, but for now we'll, we'll go ahead and end it here. Alan, what are we bringing the people next?
1: <laughs> well, that's a good question. Um... Well, we're, we're going to discuss some baseball news so some off-season typical. Uh, I know he does not want to bring it up. Like I mentioned, if he wants to, go ahead, but there's been some big moves going on in baseball, and also, the NBA will have their all-star game in Atlanta. We'll talk about their format, how they're going to do it, since it's just going to be the all-star game and not the other festivities, and and really just continue bring, bringing in more more laughs, more jokes. And and really, hopefully, I have another dream that I, instead of winning 20 grand in the Bellagio, I win 20 grand at the MGM, along with the Lion. But I don't think that's <laughs> not going to happen anytime soon.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, maybe not. We'll see. But yeah, so the big news that Alan's referring to is uh, one of my all-time favorite players in baseball just got traded from the Rockies over to the St. Louis Cardinals. So that'll be on a later episode. Next episode, we'll uh, bring out sports impacting international relations as this kind of, this expansion talk uh, internationally and domestically kind of fits into that. So we'll kind of make it a two-parter series. So this will be part one. Part two is us just discussing international impact. Of sports and how it impacts international relations, and then we'll also bring out the and any trade news besides Arenado's deal as well. So keep t- stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And again, um, if you're recently new to the to the episodes, um, we are on Spotify, we are on Apple Podcasts, Google Any, anywhere where podcasts are carried. Storm in sports. Check us out and. Feel free to dive in to what we say, feel free and what how we think. Because it's only gonna make you better because sports is not just about, oh, we're playing the game and everything, but it's also a broader aspect. Like, how does this affect either your team or how does this affect like internationally? Like what what market how will the market shift as far as sports is concerned? So take a deep dive with us and you will be your mind will be blown away and and you'll understand why what things are done in the world of sports particularly internationally.
0: Yeah you know if you guys got topics you want us to cover feel free to let us know we'll, we'll talk do what we can research it talk and we'll come here and we'll talk about it. Um, like Alan said, go ahead and give us a follow on any social media platform. We're on Instagram and Facebook. We're looking to talk, get into Twitter. Um, I don't, we don't necessarily have a lot of experience with Twitter, so we haven't been using it to this point. Uh, but Instagram and Facebook is where we're at. Follow us at any social or uh, podcast platform, whichever one is your favorite. And, you know, if you guys don't know a whole lot about the NFL, but you're curious, go go uh, to, to Podbean. And look for the Noble Sports Guys podcast. Uh, Give him a shout out and a follow. Let's uh, let's blow Toro up. It it it'd be awesome. He he does great work. I'll look him up. Absolutely. So uh, let's help let's help him grow and let's go from there, everybody. Let's have a great weekend and we'll
1: talk to you guys next time. See ya.